This podcast is a member of the Place to Be Nation family. Visit us at placetobenation.com, the only place to be in your pop culture world. Hello, Mishpocha, and welcome to the Glenn Butler Podcast Hour Spectacular, where we are being driven Meshuggah here. I am Glenn Butler, and it is time for a campaign update. And with me, I have my brother, Mr. Scott Butler. Scott, you haven't voted for anyone yet. No, I have not. The Connecticut primary is in like about a week or two, I believe. Yes. I'll cast a vote at that point. And we are looking forward to being able to cast a vote. Surprisingly, we still have more than one person to vote for. It's a surprise to me. Hmm. Also with us is Mr. Steve Willie. Steve, you have voted, right? I indeed have voted. I only voted once. Do we have one person to vote for? Because I know there are five, like, there were five possibilities, but I don't know if they're really people we could vote for. Well, that's always the debate. How many of these people on the ballot are people that we could actually vote for right. and live with ourselves? It was very difficult. It was literally the most difficult vote that I've ever cast. 24 years of voting, most difficult one I've ever, I've ever cast. 22 years. My math's great. That's, like, that's kind of surprising, actually. More difficult than the 08 primary. Yeah, I was pretty pro-Obama, pro-Obama, as it were, back in, in 08. You know, I got sucked into the, the hope and change. And I was a little disappointed by the hope and change, i got to be honest. Well, I can see that from an absolute perspective, but compared to a lot of things we could have gotten, I think the last eight years have been okay. Yeah, I'd say, I would say above average. Better than anything else that we would have gotten, but not as much as we might have hoped for. Right. Exactly. Well, Scott, like we said in our uh, despair on the eve of Iowa episode, I don't think there's a candidate running that I would prefer to another term of Obama, really. No, that's if you even include the 17 Republicans and however many Democrats there were that, that started. Yeah, that's even counting Martin O'Malley and Jim Webb and Jim Gilmore. Yeah, what, do you, what is the collective noun for a group of Republicans? Is it a gaggle? Is it a murder? <laughs> oh, oh, have you been holding on to that for for weeks? No, I just spun that one off the dome. That's amazing. Oh, it's definitely not a school. No, no. <laughs> uh, we wear our biases on our arms at the Glenn Butler Podcast Hour Spectacular here in the Podcast Mind Palace. But the reason we are here today is because of a man who has virtually no chance of getting enough votes, literally no chance, of getting enough votes to secure the Republican nomination. That is Mr. John Kasich. He's the reason we're here today. He's the reason we're here today because earlier today, I was telling you, Scott, and I sent you the link, Steve, to an article about 
Kasich campaigning in Brooklyn, trying to get all those urban Jewish votes ahead of the New York primary. And the spectacle of Goyesha politicians trying to pander to Jews is amazing to me. And a whole lot of them have been doing a whole lot of that in the run-up to the New York primary. Oh, yeah. And it's definitely the... It, it tends to be the New York Jews. Like, it's not... Or maybe some Washington, D.C. Jews, but I can't imagine how many of them there are. You don't generally see them going, you know, to, say, Chicago Jews or you know, Miami Jews, of which there are, you know, quite a few. But it, it's the New York Jews that they, they definitely need to be pandered to. Well, it's New York Jews who are so closely identified with that phrase that calling someone New York is a sort of dog whistling. Yeah, I was going to say, has Ted Cruz been pandering to the New York Jews in advance of the New York primary? Because he's the one that tried to slander Donald Trump by saying he had New York values. Right. Well, this past week on the Wednesday Walk Around the Web, I linked an article called An Unforgettable Video History of Jewish Political Pandering, which starts with Ted Cruz visiting a matzah bakery in Brooklyn. And, and there is this video, it's not easily conveyed on, on the podcast, but I would just like to point out that Ted Cruz rolling out matzah is one of the most awkward things I've seen a politician do this year. That's really saying something, considering everything Ted Cruz does is one of the most awkward things I've seen a politician do this year. True. Now, does that include kissing his own daughter? Because that was one of the most awkward videos I've seen of Ted Cruz. Ooh. Oh goodness, I might not have actually seen that. I, I believe they got he got off a bus meeting his it was a bus or a plane meeting his daughter and he tried to lean in for a kiss and she just gave him a look like she just drank a bottle of pickle juice and just lurched back. So either she does not like that or something went down on that plane beforehand. Wow. Well Yeah, it's 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 great. <laughs> this the spectacle of him trying to enjoy matzah was described by some onlookers in advance of Pesach coming up in a couple of weeks as the 11th plague. <laughs> well, see, that's where he went all wrong. Nobody enjoys matzah. No. If we enjoyed it, we'd eat it the other 51 weeks a year. Yeah, yeah. it's terrible. Yeah, the only way I really remember enjoying matzah as a kid was when I would spread some butter on it and then sprinkle on some cinnamon sugar. And that kind of gets away from the point of the exercise a little. Just a bit. I think number two for me would be peanut butter and jelly. And number one would be putting some, like, pizza sauce and mozzarella cheese on it. Ooh, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, kind of like a, a cracker pizza, if you will. Which probably is what they made Lunchables from. Yeah, that's, you know, if Lunchables were kosher for Passover, right? Right. I, I don't think, yeah, they're kosher for anything. You might have problems with the pepperoni. You'd have problems with the pepperoni. You'd have problems with the uh, little container of sliced turkey right next to the little container of cheddar cheese. So Ted Cruz went to a matzo bakery. Ted Cruz went to a, a matzo bakery and it was the 11th plague. Are, are there other candidates who have, like, gone to get a bagel to try to get Jewish votes? Well, in this rundown of recent history of, of pandering to Jews, there's also a video of Marco Rubio being accosted by a yarmulke salesman, okay. which 
okay. This person is called a traveling yarmulke salesman, which I assume you'd have to travel since once you sell a batch of yarmulkes to a shul, where else are you selling yarmulkes? You'd think there wouldn't be that much traveling in selling them anymore. You'd think you'd like set up a web store or something. Whenever a shul needed yarmulkes, they'd place an order, you ship them out, you save on fuel, you save on hotels. <laughs> the hell are you doing? And what are they doing in Iowa? Like, I can't imagine that the percentage of Iowa Jews is that high. Is he, like, going on a tractor just around the state on the rolling hills of Iowa, passing out yarmulkes to all the young boys and girls? Is there GMO Monsanto wheat in our matzah? Ooh, well, definitely not. Well, you know, the diaspora gets everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Like they say down south, Shabbat Shalom, y'all. Oh, I forgot. After Ted Cruz made matzah, everyone around him broke into a rousing round of Dianu. <laughs> oh, and what did Ted Cruz do while everyone else was singing Dianu? Not much. How many verses of Dianu did it take him to figure out the lyrics? That's just the thing. You'd think after the first verse, you know the song. Usually. Uh, he he tried. I think he tried to sing the song, but he's Ted Cruz. Oh, good lord. I think out of all of these, there are two that look remotely okay with what they're doing. One would be President Obama um, going to a a Jewish school, and the other would actually be Ronald Reagan, look very comfortable in his picture with the uh, you know very much looking like Orthodox Jews presenting him with a, a menorah. Well, Reagan was good at looking comfortable wherever he was. <laughs> yeah. And, of course, whatever you want to say about Obama, he is great with kids. Yes. So, what did John Kasich do to measure up to this Ted Cruz appearance? Okay. The meat of this premise here. (laughs) Okay. Let's just dive into this. This is from an article on JewishInsider.com. Republican presidential candidate John Kasich on Tuesday took a pre-Passover learning tour in the Borough Park neighborhood of Brooklyn, New York, ahead of the April 19th presidential primary. Accompanied by Ezra Friedlander, a Democratic strategist and CEO of the Friedlander Group, Kasich visited Eichler's Judaica in Borough Park, where he was shown a silver-plated Seder tray, a matzah cover, and a Haggadah. Why is he being accompanied by a Democratic strategist? Because he's finding Jews in Brooklyn? I don't know. Why isn't he accompanied by Steve King, you're saying? (laughs) He couldn't find any Republican Jew to help him out with this publicity stunt? First punchline. Kasich was amused to learn about the Afi Komen. Oh, God. As Friedlander described how the children steal the middle matzah and ask for a reward for its return, Kasich walked away astonished and mumbled, Pass over. (laughs) What? Seriously? That's not an onion line? No, this is a a real line from a real article here. Oh, good God! Very android-y. Yes. Coining an adjective, but like... (laughs) Android-y. Just... Yeah, no, no feeling, no. <laughs> Astonished at a hide and seek game. <laughs> Speaking of no feeling, when asked by Jewish Insider if he had ever attended a Seder, Kasich replied, "Yes." 
The Ohio governor and Friedlander also got into a debate over who is the most admired person in the Torah. Kasich got into a debate about who's the most admired person in the Torah. With Ezra Friedlander, the most Brooklyn Jewish sounding name of all time. I don't know why they didn't ask this question at any of the umpty nine million Republican debates they've had over the last several months. Because those are for evangelical Christians, not Jews. The Republican primary race is for evangelical Christians. That's why this entire thing is fucking ridiculous. Yes, moving on. We will get to that later. Has John Kasich <laughs> ever read the Torah? I'm guessing no. I'd be willing to put money on no. I, I would too, especially given that the version of the Tanakh they call the Old Testament and put in Christian Bibles is like a completely different translation from any authentic Jewish version, but yeah. that's, yeah. whoa. Exactly. This is one of my favorite quotes right here. I would say Moses, Friedlander said. What about Abraham? What happened to Abraham? Kasich asked. What happened to Abraham? So he hasn't even read the Christian Old Testament? I don't know. <laughs> to which Friedlander explained that the story of the Jewish people accepting the Torah from God started when they left Egypt led by Moses. What are you talking about? Get out of here! Kasich dismissed the explanation. Can I just say, as soon as you mentioned this, my immediate thought was that the Jewish guy said Moses, but the Christian guy would say Abraham. Really? I am not at all surprised by that. That's exactly what I expect. You could have, like, written it down on an envelope and opened it after I read that? Yeah, I could have done a whole Kreskin thing. The story of the people are Abraham, when God made a covenant with Abraham, not Moses... Okay. Yeah, but you know what? In our prayers, we do mention Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Yeah, like they were important, Kasich interrupted. I do not have enough faces to palm. Well, get some more. God. And like, hasn't he seen Ten Commandments? Like, that is an immensely popular movie. It's on ABC almost every year around around this time, I believe. Charlton Heston never played Abraham. No. Even the Christians acknowledge Moses. That's right. All of the Bible movies they made in the 50s and 60s, they make one about Abraham? They made the Ten Commandments. They made David and Bathsheba. They made the story of Ruth. Maybe the burning bush was Abraham and Kasich's on to something. Like, the burning bush takes off his mask, like in Scooby-Doo fashion. And it's Abraham, really, behind the bush. Wow, we're getting into the nitty-gritty now. Right, I'm trying to help him. <laughs> I'm trying to help him. He, he only has, like, 100 electoral votes. <laughs> yeah, in all of those graphs they make, or charts, of what proportion of remaining delegates people need to win to get the nomination. Isn't it something like Trump needs 60-something percent and Cruz needs 80-something percent and Kasich needs 132 percent? Well, he's definitely going to get that by arguing with a Jewish man about who is the most respected Jew in the Torah. On camera. <laughs> On camera. Or at least in front of reporters. Oh, good God. I don't know if you guys have commercials up by you yet, because they were fairly late in Wisconsin. They didn't really start until a couple of weeks before the primary. But there is this great one by uh, PAC for Cruz. 
and they said vote for Cruz because Kasich can't win. There was nothing pro Cruz. <laughs> there was not one, and we saw it like two or three times. We were at, at dinner, and it, that was it. There was not one positive thing about why you should vote for Ted Cruz, except that Kasich can't possibly beat Trump. And they literally showed a bar graph of the delegate count at that point. That was the commercial. <laughs> wow. Well, they're, they're focusing on practicality. I can appreciate right. that. <laughs> it's your shower cap for your uh, your hat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this whole thing is a freaking zoo. Well, at least that's the worst thing Kasich did in his appearance, right? He didn't do anything worse than arguing with a Jewish man over who's the most respected Jew in the Jewish Bible. Moving on. Kasich also bumped into a group of local yeshiva students who learn overseas. What are you studying, he asked. Talmud, one student replied. Okay, but what are you learning now, Kasich pressed. Because he didn't understand the word that the kid said and just decided to keep asking the question until he said something he understood. Well, he's a politician. He's supposed to massage responses, right? Oh, mm -hmm. Shabbat laws, they said. Do you know who I like? <laughs> Joseph. Kasich started lecturing them. So it's completely... He bailed on his effort to get the kid to say something that he fucking understood. And he said, okay, I don't understand anything this guy is saying. I'm just going to bring up a topic myself. Hey, 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 you know what I like? I like tacos. That's what I like. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they got tacos in that Talmud? So he doesn't know what the fuck the Talmud is, he doesn't know what the fuck the Shabbat is, but, but Joseph, he's heard of Joseph. I know what the fuck Joseph is, I'll get them to talk about Joseph. And then he asked the yeshiva students, students who are very, very serious about their studies and very serious about their religious studies, he asked these students, you study Joseph? Because he doesn't know what the fuck yeshiva is either, anymore than he does Talmud or Shabbat. What do you think about Joseph? <laughs> what do you think? Oh, God. <laughs> There's so much more, dude. I can't. I, I can substitute tacos in for Joseph, and it makes it, would, it even it would be, it better dude, for Kasich, actually. It would be the exact same conversation if you just search and replace Joseph with tacos. Hey, you study tacos. What do you think about tacos? Tacos are also multicolored. <laughs> now I need faces to palm. Did you hear what was the most important thing Tacos said to his brothers? Oh, excuse me. <laughs> My brothers, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. Did you know that? Did you know that? He may have been a little bit of a bragger. A little bit, maybe. But they threw him in that ditch. They saved him, and then sold him to slavery. And that's how the Jews got to Egypt. Did you know that? Did you know that? <laughs> There's a couple steps missing. He's in a ditch, he's a slave, they got to Egypt. Uh, he's in the ditch, they saved him and sold him to slavery. <laughs> Eagle eye view. Just the highlights. And that's how the Jews got to Egypt. Did you know that? Yes, they responded politely. Of course they did. They're polite. They're going to be very polite while they all stand there and think, when is this goy going to leave us alone? You know, bless these kids, because I don't know how a person could be that patient. <laughs> It's a great story. One of my favorites, because I can't figure out what Joseph ever did wrong, Kasich said. Kay? 
He's been deep in meditation about that. I didn't realize the point of the story was what Joseph did wrong. <laughs> and what was with the Technicolor dream coat? Yeah, what's what's up with that? I couldn't figure that out. Why is it Technicolor? Was it in the 40s? <laughs> oh my god. Kasich said Joshua is another favorite, describing him as a guy, quote, who didn't have any flaws. Joshua was another great leader. Do you know about Joshua, he asked the students. <laughs> Do you know about Joshua? <laughs> oh, good lord. Do, do you know about Joshua? Okay, he's asked them if they know about Joseph and if they know about Joshua. How long before he runs out of Old Testament figures and he has to ask the Rashiva students if they know about Paul's letter to the Corinthians? Oh, God. There's a twist now. Oh, good Lord. Because he's still with Friedlander. And the Yeshiva who, students? Yes, who, oh. who breaks in and says, he was a disciple of Moses. I know he was. I know that. Kasich brushed him off while chuckling. I am going to have to teach him. I will have to ride around all day to teach him. <laughs> Kasich? Is, who is Kasich teaching? Ezra? Yes. 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 Now, you guys know that comedian Judah Friedlander? Z30, right? I have right? been trying so hard not to accidentally say Judah Friedlander. Right. So the story gets better if you think of Ezra as Judah. Just with his hat and his mutton chops and his glasses. <laughs> I am wearing glasses and headphones. I cannot facepalm this hard without breaking something. Friedlander then showed Kasich the yarmulke section. Yes, I know what they are, he remarked. Oh, God. Oh, God. As he concluded the stop, Kasich told those surrounding him he, he, he needed to tell them something else. The, the yeshiva students and Ezra Friedlander. Yes. That's who was surrounding him. I admire the Jewish tradition from the standpoint. The greatest saying is, live a life bigger than yourself. That's really important. I think the Jewish culture is so important in our country because people need to realize that you need to live a life bigger than yourself, not be scrambling for your cell phone all the time. That's what I try telling people whenever I am with them. Is this word salad again? Yes, that's word salad! What the fuck word salad is I couldn't say word salad before you did because I was choking <laughs> on the word salad. <laughs> what the fuck is he saying? Any appearance by a politician in some like majority Jewish section of some city is always going to come to the word salad. That's basically blah blah blah. I admire the Jewish people. Blah blah blah. Their tradition is important. Blah. All those yeshiva students should have just spontaneously broken out into the mourners' cottage. <laughs> Tell me that wouldn't have been awesome. This podcast is going to, uh, it's really just going to be for a very small subset. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. I'm going to have to teach my grandmother about podcasts. You know, welcome everyone who's still listening after 25 minutes of this. <laughs> my uncle might like this. <laughs> one, one more thing I want to hit on from Kasich's whistle-stop tour of the Jewish community. Oh, my goodness. Wait, 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 wait. He he asked them if they knew Joseph. Yes. He asked them if they knew Joshua. Yes. He was completely 
out to sea when they told him about the Talmud. He was completely out to sea when they told him about Shabbat. He was completely out to sea when they told him about Yeshiva. Mm -hmm. So he brought up Joseph and asked them if they'd heard of Joseph. He brought up Joshua and asked them if they'd heard of Joshua. And then he said that Jewish tradition was very important because it was all about not using your cell phone. What possibly could he have done after that? Uh, 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 uh. We haven't gotten to Kasich moving the topic to something that he knows about and wants to talk about. Christianity? Moving on. <laughs> You're on point tonight, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> you are locked in. Before we see whether that prediction is right, we are going to take a quick break on our whirlwind tour of politicians and Jews. So let's listen to some ads for pro wrestling podcasts. And we'll be back in a couple minutes. Thank you, folks. I am. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. What's up, everybody? This is Kevin Kelly. Make sure you check out every episode of The Kevin Kelly Show right here on The Place to Be Nation. PlaceToBeNation.com, The Kevin Kelly Show. Every episode is a winner. At least we hope. Place to Be Nation's Justin Rosero here. In addition to The Kevin Kelly Show, we have a ton of great podcasts available to you on iTunes at PlaceToBeNation.com. You can check out Scott Criscolo and me on The Mothership, The Place to Be Podcast, with our famous Vintage Vault pay-per-view reviews. PTBN also covers current day wrestling with main event, Mission Indie Possible, and our monthly pay-per-view reaction shows with immediate feedback on WWE, NXT, and Ring of Honor Super Shows. And relive wrestling's past with our monthly pay-per-view rewind series, led by Ben Morse, and the Dangerous Alliance Wrestling Podcast as we dive into various subjects in the form of exercises and games. we got sports covered, too, with the Sports Evolution Mega Show with Scott... Dr. G, Cowboy and Cowboy Sr., the Kings of Sport, led by Live Audio Wrestling's godfather, Nate Milton, as well as the NBA Team Podcast and the TJ McLoon Show. PTBN tackles pop culture and irreverence with Richard and the Mailman, the Glenn Butler Podcast Hour Spectacular. And if you like a hybrid of all of this in list form, check out Jordan Duncan's Rank and File. All of these shows are available on PlaceToBeNation.com, where we cover pro wrestling, sports, movies, comics, plus tournaments, and more. We want to thank our friends at Bonehead's Wing Bar in West Warwick, Rhode Island, and Fall River, Massachusetts, and Scott Keats' Blog of Doom. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr as well. PlaceToBeNation.com, the only place to be in your pop culture world. This is Parv, and I'm here to tell you to listen and subscribe to the Pro Wrestling Only Place to Be Nation podcast network. That's the PWO PTBN podcast network, where you'll find a ton of in-depth shows done by hardcore fans. We've got Chris Zellner's one-two punch of Exile on Bad Street and with David Bickenspan, a smash hit between the sheets. We've got Wrestling Culture with Dylan Hales and Dave Musgrave. Goodwill Wrestling and the reaction shows with Good Old Will from Texas. We got This Week in Wrestling with my man Pete and Johnny Sorrow. Stephen Graham and Tim Livingston's Pro Wrestling Super Show. Tag Team's Back Again with Kelly and Marty Sleaze. And a ton of other great shows too. And of course there's Titans of Wrestling and Where the Big Boys Play with yours truly and some dude from down south called Chad. PWO, PTBN, Podcast Network.
Welcome back to the Jewish and political episode of the Glenn Butler Podcast Hour of Spectacular, where we are having a cornucopia of fun and games on the eve of Pesach. We're having a night of levity in advance of our giving up leavening. Exactly. And at the end of the show, Scott's going to take the Afikoman. Pass over. <laughs> Steve, have you ever been to a Seder? Yes. Clyde, have you heard of Joshua? Yes. Scott, do you know what the Talmud is? Yes. Cool. We're all more qualified to be president than John Kasich, apparently. We're all more qualified to get votes from Jews. <laughs> or pander to Netanyahu. Oh, yes. Okay, so before Mr. Kasich concluded his day of campaigning amongst the Jews... Outside of the matzah bakery, he gave what is called, in this article, a semi-sermon on the holiday of Passover. Oh, goodness gracious. Quote, The Jews were instructed to take the blood of the lamb and to put the blood of the lamb over the lampposts, over the doorposts, so when the angel of death came and saw the blood of the lamb, the angel of death would pass over their homes. The great link between the blood that was put above the lamppost, the blood of the lamb, is Jesus Christ is known as the Lamb of God. Oh, for the love of fucking. And the great link is, it was the blood of the lamb that saved the Jewish people, and in Christianity, it was the blood of the Lamb of God that saves all of us. It's a wonderful, wonderful holiday for our friends in the Jewish community, the Passover. So, in the middle of the campaign trail leading up to the New York primary, did John Kasich just commit blood libel? No, he didn't commit blood libel. Really? The Fuck. blood of the lamb that the Jews spread is the blood of the lamb of God? No, that's... no. That's not blood libel. Fuck. What he said is that the holiday of Passover is all about the sacrifice of Jesus. Which is its own thing that we can get into. Jesus, fuck. Don't turn into Sarah Palin and start calling everything blood libel. I think it was a little more specific than anything Sarah Palin ever called anything. In his defense, I mean, his word salad has a few less ingredients than Sarah Palin's does. I like how he marvels at the parallel that the Jews marked themselves with the blood of the lamb and the Christian tradition calls Jesus' sacrifice the lamb of God, never occurs to him that 2,000 years after the story of Passover was written in the Torah, when a group of Jews were creating a cult around this figure, Jesus Christ, they would use that parallel to try to make themselves seem like they belong in the same tradition. That never occurs to him, that this religion that came a thousand or two thousand years after the story of Passover uses parallels from the story of Passover to try to prop itself up. Holy shit, it's amazing that the two have such similarities. So I'm not exactly a critical thinker, John Kasich. Yeah, there are so many intersections throughout all of these things of, one, Republicans talking about religion, which I'm kind of allergic to, and two, Christians talking about Judaism, 
which I'm kind of allergic to. Oh, my God. It's, 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 it's always awful. It's always awful. I mean, even beyond all the stuff about Judeo-Christian values, which is something that Christians say to try to absolve themselves of Christian supremacy. Especially these fucking Republican evangelicals who really only see Jews as a necessary sacrifice to the second coming of their Lord. Ooh, yes. I've had more than one kind of tense conversation with a guy in the shul that I used to go to who would go to Israel for his vacations rather often and would be very excited whenever he would meet Christians on the plane to Israel because, ooh, they're interested in Judaism. Isn't this a great interfaith relationship? And I'm like, they're not interested in you as people. This is disingenuous in the extreme. They're eager for the day that you are annihilated so that their Lord and Savior can return to Earth or whatever the fuck is going to happen. I'm intrigued by what the percentage of evangelical Christians there are in the United States. Because I'm looking, and I know Wikipedia is not the best place to go for this kind of stuff, but it was just, you know, quick, there's, it's 13% of the total Christian population. That's at least, that's worldwide. Oh, worldwide, okay. Yeah, so, so what is it in the United States, I wonder? The largest concentration of evangelicals can be found in the United States with 26.8% of the U.S. population, or 94.38 million people. I'm out. According to a 2011 poll. Wow. That's far more than I thought. That is just about exactly John Cole's 27% crazification factor. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what the crazification factor is, Steve? No, I do not. Okay. A blogger named John Cole has a site called Balloon Juice, which is one of the last political sites I still read, because I kind of overdosed for a while. And he posited a 27% crazification factor based on the results of the, was it 2004 Senate race in Illinois? When Barack Obama was elected to the Senate. Mm-hmm. He was running against Alan Keyes. Yeah. Oh, yes, I remember this. Yes. And Alan Keyes got 27% of the vote. And he posited that as sort of the base proportion of crazy people in an electorate because Alan Keyes wasn't from Illinois. There wasn't a hometown base of support for him. He's also African-American, so the staunch white supremacist vote wouldn't have a whole lot of influence. So that 27% was just people who are going to vote for an insane person against someone who, in all ways, comes off as eminently reasonable just because he's a Democrat. You know, the closest that he thought had been reached in real-world electoral politics to a experimental baseline. <laughs> well, that's interesting, too, because in Iowa, Cruz and Trump were around 23-22%, which is fairly close to that point. Yeah. And, he, and one can argue that they are the two, you know, craziest of those 17 that signed up. Uh, he then cited that number because at the absolute nadir of President Bush's popularity before he left office, his approval level was 27%. Wow. 
That's confirmation there. I mean, that's a number that's come up. I mean, there's confirmation bias, obviously, but that's a number that's come up several times in these sorts of scenarios. Alan Keyes, of course, is the man who, during a Republican presidential primary debate, was asked a question about crime, and Alan Keyes responded to this question about crime by making the point that how can we stop the rampant murder in our streets when we continue to allow rampant murder in our women? Yeah. That man got 27% of the vote in a state he didn't live in against Barack Obama. That was in the 2000 campaign, which, whoa. Yeah, that was something. I remember these little snippets from people. I don't necessarily remember people's entire platforms, although, you know, you can figure out most of it, but I generally remember at least one or two just astonishingly insane things people have said. For instance, on Inauguration Day 2005, following the 2004 re-election of Bush Cheney, Dick Cheney was doing a radio interview. This was, like I said, January 20th, 2005. The radio host asked him about the situation in Iran which it seems like we've been on the verge of going to war with Iran for about 15 or 20 years. And so they asked him, you know, if Iran's working on a nuclear program, what are we going to do about that? Are we going to bomb them? Are we going to do sanctions? What are we going to do, Mr. Vice President? And Dick Cheney, this is January 2005, Dick Cheney said we need to be careful handling Iran because the last thing we want is a war in the Middle East. And to his eternal credit, that radio host said... Well, you mean other than the two we're already in, right? And Cheney just sort of went, oh, well, yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. And then he shot him in the eye. <laughs> That's generally how he ended conversations. Just go to yes. move. So, okay, is that the end of the Kasich experience? That's the end of the Kasich experience. Have there been other candidates who, like, went to get a bagel and think they're getting votes for it? I can't give a really good view of the rest of the race as it relates to Jews. Has Bernie Sanders done any pandering to the Jewish vote, or does he think being named Bernie Sanders is enough? Oh, goodness. There was the quote going around, I don't remember who said it, but someone said that Bernie Sanders shows great Christian values because he's interested in fairness and helping the poor and all things that are great Christian values. To which the response is, what values do you think are in Judaism? <laughs> also, can you name a Republican Christian politician who endorses those values? Someone I read online had a great response to that, which was basically, if you were to take the Jewish idea of tikkun olam, and translate it into political jargon, social justice is a pretty good translation of that. <laughs> the idea that the world as we live in it is broken, and it is our responsibility to heal those breaks, to heal the injustices in our world and in our society, how is that not intersectional social justice? Now... There are lots of things to say about where Bernie stands on various intersectional social justice issues. And many people have spent a great deal of time analyzing those things. Hmm. Well, we're not here to analyze his views on the issues. We're here to ask, has he rolled out matzo dough? 
or um, talk to yeshiva students about if they've heard of Joseph. <laughs> to, to our knowledge, we don't have any reports of him doing any of this stuff. I haven't seen any, any reports of that specifically. I think he's mostly kind of diverted questions about his Judaism because people tend to jump on that. Well, can you answer me this? Because I haven't been reading the news, the political news. The APAC conference recently happened. Yes, it did. And they did not let Bernie Sanders speak to the APAC conference. Right. He couldn't actually get there because of some other commitments on the campaign trail or whatever the circumstance was. And he actually turned down the invite because of his, from what he said, the, his campaign schedule. He said, he said he would very much have enjoyed speaking there, but he was unable to go. He was traveling through the west part of the country at that time. And well, APEC would not let anybody call in or come in through, via satellite. Right. There was something of a uh, kerfuffle over the fact that they didn't allow him to send a message via satellite when, in past campaign years, other candidates had done that. So... He wasn't going to be able to get there in person. He wanted to be able to speak via satellite like other people have spoken to the conference in the past. And they denied him that opportunity. Right. So they refused to allow the only Jewish presidential candidate to ever win a state primary yes. to speak at the APAC conference. A historic Jewish candidate. Yes. But they had Trump and Cruz and uh, Clinton. Yes. Uh, they were all there. And maybe Kasich, I don't, I don't know, but we've done enough on Kasich. Well. And I don't want to get into a, a, a long analysis of all of their APAC statements. Just one tidbit from Donald Trump's. A couple tidbits, actually. Oh, good lord. Um, at the end... I'm going to take my glasses off so I don't break them when I facepalm. Yes, good, good job. At the end of Trump's speech, he said, I love the people in this room. I love Israel. I love Israel. I've been with Israel so long in terms of I've received some of my greatest honors from Israel. My father before me, incredible. My daughter Ivanka is about to have a beautiful Jewish baby. She is? Was Ivana Trump Jewish? I didn't know that. Uh, maybe she married a member of the tribe? I don't know. But this, this is his... This is Ivanka? His daughter Ivanka. Wow. I don't, I don't, I don't. Okay, he is now, indeed a uh, convert. Oh no, she converted to Judaism. I'm, I apologize. So he is the son of a philanthropy-minded Jewish family from New Jersey, owner of the New York Observer, and he's currently in the process of buying a massive Jehovah Witnesses headquarters. Religion is really weird. Wow. Wow, okay. Wow. wow. It's been a little while since I've thought about the Jehovah's Witnesses. You know, funny thing, ever since I put up my pride flag on the front of the house, we've only gotten one visit from the Jehovah's Witnesses. <laughs> and it took a couple of years. Okay, well, okay, well, okay. I'm, so, I'm still trying to wrap my brain around that. The first, like, three quarters of that was word salad. The, the typical, yes. You're not, you didn't even facepalm, you're just squinting. I was just in, in I was in stunned disbelief. Like, yes. what the fuck? But okay, thank you for that research, Steve. So we know <laughs> the basis of this statement. It actually is a statement that has some basis in fact. So there is, yeah, there is actual merit. Yeah. Okay. So that what he said was was true. That sentence, everything before there, it was word salad. But Jared and Ivanka, they are a very beautiful couple. 
And a very rich couple. Yes, that. well, I, I hope they have a happy and healthy baby, and that the baby's grandfather is humiliated and defeated. Yes, I wish them nothing but the best, yes. and I hope that the grandfather does not become my president. And gets to spend lots of, of time away from all of our televisions and, and playing with his grandchild. Yeah. But just not talking about its nipples. Oh, Don't God. Don't talk about the grandchild's nipples. Or the legs, or its gams. Did he use gams? I, when I, I the baby. I don't know if he literally. Have, have you heard about this guy? Yeah. Did you see that? I, I have not. Okay. So on the Daily Show last week, Trevor Noah showed a video segment of Donald and Ivana Trump appearing on Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous in 1994. Oh. Okay. And Trump was asked. Like, the most softball of softball questions about their newborn baby daughter, Ivanka. He was asked, what traits do you think the baby has gotten from Ivana? This is a newborn baby. Newborn baby. And and Donald Trump said, I don't know the exact quote, but he said, uh, she's got her legs, she's got beautiful legs. We don't know yet if she's got these, but we'll see. Pointing to his chest, speculating about the size of his infant daughter's future boobs. Didn't he just a couple of weeks ago say, if she wasn't my daughter, I'd probably try to date her? Oh, he's been saying that for years. <laughs> Apparently, he's been saying it since 1994, in different ways. Hey, how is this man leading a presidential race? Then again, we elected George Bush twice, so who the fuck knows? Well, elected, sort of. <laughs> In a manner of speaking. Man, we're just shedding audience by the bucketful with this episode. Hey, you know what? Name's on the door. <laughs> <laughs> okay. As somewhat of a palate cleanser and a way to kind of put a denouement on this political update. This is this is our political update? It it was. <laughs> you know, what do you what do you think of our political update? Do you feel updated, listeners? Yeah, Steve, are you feeling updated? Um, I'm feeling dirty. <laughs> feeling, <laughs> feeling tense about the about the future for my children. <laughs> I'm feeling a dull ache in the middle of my forehead from where my hand has smacked it so many <laughs> times. I got it in the shoulder blades. The stress over this has manifested in my shoulder blades during this last 45, 50 minutes. Woof. Okay, so as a way of cleansing our palate and putting a uh, period on the end of our sentence here, Steve, I believe you have another fun and game for us today. Well, indeed. You know, we were talking before the break about our professional wrestling podcast, of which we are, are known, and so you know, I thought, how can we tie this episode to our, our pro wrestling roots as it were and it was easier than i thought i found a top 10 list as are so popular among the internet these days of the 10 wrestlers that you did not know were jewish now strangely some of these are family members so really it should be like the top eight wrestlers you didn't know were jewish but would you guys care to guess any of them abe knuckleball schwartz well barry, yeah in indeed barry horowitz was one of them I knew he was Jewish. He was, he was not in the top ten. They used that as one that everyone knew was a Jew. Ah, okay, okay. Well, I take back my implied criticism of this article. Good categorization there. 
as another that everyone knows is Jewish, do they have Raven? Yes, they did have Raven at number six. I don't think that this is any actual, like, you know, one through ten in terms of how Jewish they were or how good they were. No, I, I don't. I don't know if their grandparents how often they went to synagogue. Yeah, I don't know if Raven uh, kept kashrut. <laughs> but Raven was one of the ten. Now there are a couple of very famous brothers who are on here. One brother being more famous than the other. Okay, I'm going to toss someone out as people who would be surprising if they were Jewish, instead of people I already know are Jews. Okay. Um, Ian and Axel Rotten. No. Dang. Well, the brothers that I was uh, leaning towards were uh, Randy Savage and his brother Lanny Poffo. Ah, uh, yes. I did not know that. Have another person here who was a member of Raven's Flock in WCW. Stevie? No. Billy Kidman. Huh. Yeah, it's very interesting. I wonder how they found this out. Nobody can get Billy Kidman to eat ham. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like once we know these ten people, we're going to have to put them into an Adam Sandler-style song. Yes, exactly. We're, we're going to need the uh, wrestler's Hanukkah song. Macho Man Savage lights the menorah. <laughs> Raven breaks the Yaffe Komen with an even flow deity. No, that didn't work. <laughs> We have a, a father and son combo. The father, not as well known. The son, a well-known technical marvel from, more known for his WCW days, but was in ECW, WCW, and WWE. Is that, is his name Boris Malenko and Dean very Malenko? Good. Yeah, very good. Boris and Dean. Uh-huh. And one lady who is in the Hall of Fame. Sherry? No, that, that feels like a good guess, though. This was this one is actually a big surprise to me. Alondra Blaze, also known as Medusa. Hmm. I see. And then the other three. Kane, which is odd to me, a libertarian Jew. I did not know that. Well, there are libertarian Jews for sure. But that is a little surprising. Well, his mother must have been really proud when he was Dr. Isaac Yankum. Oh, yes. A good dentist. Oh, then, of course, he, he spent Why'd all Why'd you have to go and be a demon? You had a nice job. <laughs> yeah, but then he spent all those years feuding with his brother. Must have broke his mother's heart. <laughs> One we would never guess would be Robbie E. of TNA fame. And I use fame lightly. I recall him existing. Yes. And the last one I feel really bad for because he has so many tattoos that he's not going to be able to be buried in a Jewish cemetery. He is retired. He has nipple rings. Oh, there is silence. CM Punk? That's a good guess, too. He has a Jewish... Oh, he's from Chicago. He's cranky. But Prince Albert, A-Train, Tenzai... Wow. Really? Huh. Can you imagine how disappointed his grandparents would be with all that Miles Marquez? <laughs> oh, you know, it's a Shonda. <laughs> As we are dealing with so many, so very many Shondas now. 
I remember, you might not remember this, I remember the shit that our grandmother went through when she got a pacemaker and was worried was she going to be able to be buried in a Jewish cemetery. Really? Yeah. From actual members of the Jewish you know, community, like rabbis and such? No, or? I mean, she was worried. Oh, she okay. was like, wait, she was like, well, I don't want to get a pacemaker because then I can't be buried in a Jewish cemetery or receive Jewish services or whatever. Uh, you know, isn't there something else we could do? She was really reluctant to get the pacemaker because of the Jewish prohibition on body modification. Such internal strife. Well, thankfully, that's a uh, taboo that's been lightning. As many do. As they tend to, yes. All right, well... Unfortunately, the taboo against making an ass of yourself in front of a group of yeshiva students... We, we need to institute a taboo against that, yeah. On that note, thank you very much, Steve, for joining oh. us. Yes, it, is, it has been fun. It has been sad. Yes, we it's did this on very short notice, so thank, thanks for making the time. That is quite all right. And thank you, listeners, all of you kind Jews who have listened this whole time, probably. <laughs> Any Gentiles made it this far into the show, we appreciate you. Yeah. <laughs> L'chaim, listeners, we will see you next time. Follow all our stuff on placetobenation.com. We, we do stuff on that site. It's great. And we will see you next time. Shalom. L'chaim. Oi. Hey, man, shalom. Shalom.